Welcome to Basecamp for Men. I'm your host, Tony Rezac. This is a show that gives you insights and resources on how to live a more courageous life. We'll be looking at men, the current state of masculinity, and how to create a more inspiring narrative for all men. Welcome and let's get started. One of the many things that we talk about in men's circles is how to have a more open mind. Being curious about things brings a kind of magic into your life. And I've discovered that when you adopt a growth mindset, all sorts of things begin to open up for you. With this in mind, I like to bring on writers and thought leaders as guests to bring new perspectives to us. But I also like to talk with friends, as I did many times in season one. And my guest today is my good friend, Chris Beatty. Sometimes you can find great value in hearing two men talk honestly about the challenges they've faced and what constitutes the edge of their learning. And my hope with these conversations with my friends is that you, the listener, will feel that you're sitting in our circle, drawing inspiration and finding new terrain for your own personal development. My guest today is Chris Beatty. Chris has been a computer engineer for the last 25 years, finding that the stress and rigors of 12 plus hour workdays was taking a toll on his health. Chris decided to apply his engineering skills to improve his life, becoming a biohacker of sorts. Books, podcasts, doctors, medications, Eastern medicine, Chris has explored and experimented far and wide. His personal mission and passion is to help others to find their most enlightened, capable, healthy, and happy version of themselves. Here is my interview with Chris Beatty. Okay, I am with Chris Beatty, friend Chris Beatty and fellow men's work participant. Chris, welcome to Basecamp for Men. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Tony. Quite the, uh, quite the honor. Yeah, I've been really excited to talk to you. We're trying to get you on last year, and it worked out perfect for the start of this year. Um, start off, I guess I wanted to ask you, you've participated in men's groups uh, the past seven or eight years. Um, and my first question is kind of like, what, what have you gotten out of it? What, what, what has it added to your life, and how has it developed you as a man? Wow, there's a lot to say on that front. Um, I think, honestly, the biggest thing, uh, well, one of the bigger things is empathy. Um, you know, so many of us in our lives get caught into our little, our same social groups, you know, people that you work with, people that are involved in the same hobbies. Mm-hmm. Um, and coming into the men's group, you get to start to work with people, you know, different religions, different races, different economic standings. Um, and, you know, with seven or eight years with you, we've seen so many different types of men. Mm-hmm. And the most fascinating thing I've found it really turns on the empathy because you suddenly realize no matter what your situation is, 20 or 50, fresh out of jail, CEO, we're all talking about the same things. You know, I'm having problems at home with my wife or my husband. Um, You know, my parents are getting ill and I'm I'm having a hard time dealing with that. Mm -hmm. My finances are a struggle. It just really, it allows you to rehumanize everyone around you and have a, a much deeper and more meaningful connection with and be able to really understand their problems. And I think just be a nicer human being in general. That's great. Yeah, that's so true. And I, I think also like, you know, I played sports growing up. And so even though it wasn't super, you know, like authentic, it was all just guys being jocks, but you got that guy time where you could kind of let your guard down and yes. just kind of be yourself. Now being yourself when you're 16 you know, it's just kind of a monkey, rough and tumble, horny, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, but you get to kind of just be yourself in the, in a, in a setting with men. Now, fast forward that to 30, 40, 50 years old or more. Um, we don't get that. 
It's, it's like, no, it gives, it gives us a chance to get together and say, and now, you know, we've changed a lot cause we've, you know, we've matured and there's tools for us, but it still gives men, I think a chance to lower their guards and say, Hey, let's be ourselves here. You know, you're welcome here, you know, and that that's huge in this day and age. So, yeah. It's been very enlightening for me in that respect. You know, uh, the thought of crying mm-hmm. in front of a group of adult men, yeah. you know, you go back 10 years, absolutely not. I'm not, I'm not showing weakness or fear right. and starting to realize that not only is that okay, but it's spectacular and it really brings people close closer to you. Yeah. And it, and it, and it shows it's not weak to have emotions, to have emotional range. Right. I mean, you're an emotional guy. Yeah. No, nobody, you getting upset. I mean, you just had a friend that um, passed away and it would have been weird if you weren't upset and tearing up about it. Right. And the funny thing is I, I let my guard down because I knew all of you. Yeah. When I was around town, like leaving work, you know, I'm, I'm fine. I'll be great. Don't worry about it. I just, I just need a little better time. I'm not going to show that. And it sucks. It's unfortunate that so many men, you know, you have all of these emotions, but you have to lock them down. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's it. Um, when I, when I first met you, you were starting to experiment with testosterone, uh, replacement therapy. Yep. And I remember just going kind of like, Whoa, that's like <laughs> steroids. There was, you know, there was, there was this kind of stigma, you know, it was like Absolutely. when I, when I grew up, there was this like the, the, the big bodybuilders and maybe, you know, pro football players were doing steroids and that was just in a different dimension there. Nobody I knew really was doing it. But now fast forward, you know, 15, 20 years later, it's grown a lot. And, and, yeah. and I actually know not just you, I know a number of men who, um, who use testosterone and they speak very highly of it. And yes. you've, you've, done a, you've done much research. And is, so I thought it would be useful um, for, to get the pros and cons and like who, who might be a candidate to do it. I know you're not a doctor, but just that you've, you've had, you've had experiences with it. Um, you speak highly of it. Many men might go testosterone replacement. What, what is that? How would I know if I'm a candidate? Should I be researching it? And, you know, and what type of man maybe shouldn't be doing it? Absolutely. I would, uh, I would love to help demystify some of that because honestly, you know, what started me out with it was um, seeing my family members and some friends come back specifically from the military. And, you know, they're suddenly 20 and 30 pounds heavier of like stout muscle. Mm. And having been kind of a gym rat my whole life, I, I had enough experience to realize like you don't put on that kind of size that rapidly unless something else is a play. Yeah. So it is, uh, you know, it's been demonized a lot um, because of the bodybuilding community and some of the sports incidents with it. Um, and there is kind you know, there's, it is technically testosterone replacement therapy is doing steroids. Mm-hmm. Now the difference is it is maximizing your body's normal range and level. It's mm-hmm. bringing you back to a good, healthy level because our numbers decline as we age as men. Right. Now, on the bodybuilder scene, obviously, they're doing very heavy doses. They're doing synthetic drugs. There can be some, some scary side effects with that stuff. As far as testosterone replacement therapy, it's very mainstream now. Uh, you work with doctors. It's monitored. They make sure you're healthy. And I will say that more than anything. If you're a young man, if you're an older man, if you're looking to do this, number one, do it right. Don't buy junk off the internet and stick it in your body. The, mm. the risks are horrible. Yeah. Um, lots of doctors out there are happy to help you with this. They'll check your blood. And that's when you find out if you're a bad candidate. And, you know, bad candidacy issues could be things like if you have um, 
pre you know, if you've had cancer before, mm-hmm. uh, testosterone helps everything in your body grow and be stronger, including bad stuff. Right. So, you know, prostate cancer is a, a common one. They check your PSAs. Um, but if you're found to be a good candidate, um, I have done nothing in my life from a chemical standpoint that has improved my quality of life so rapidly and so dramatically. And it's not just the the normal, like, you know, for lack of better terms, you fuck better when you're, you're on testosterone. Mm-hmm. You think more clearly. You mm-hmm. sleep better. You lose fat more easily. You put on muscle faster. You're not going to turn into some, you know, giant bodybuilder type by doing testosterone replacement therapy. They're only going to bring you to levels that you were as maybe a 25 or a 30-year-old man. But it happens, the decline happens so slowly through your life that by the time you're 45, 50, 60, you're just used to that. And then suddenly they introduce this exogenous testosterone and you feel amazing. If you're getting older in your middle age, let's say you're 50, uh, just fatigue, would, could that be something a, a man that if he's got fatigue and say um, his, his prostate, his PSA uh, is fine, um, would you say somebody like that could research it and check it out? Just somebody that's, you know, you get to be middle-aged, you don't have the energy you used to have. So I would, I would start by saying the reason and the way that I found out I had horrifically low testosterone was actually fatigue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had been in with doctors, they had done sleep studies, they had done all kinds of different tests. And finally, I had a doctor just say, hey, why don't we check your testosterone levels? And they turned out to be that of a 90-year-old man. Jeez. Based on everything I've seen, if you're over the age of about 35, or if you're already experiencing severe fatigue type issues, it's a simple blood test. Any doctor can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I would encourage seeing an actual um, testosterone replacement therapy clinic. The reason being, a lot of the older generation of doctors, when they test you, they want to see that you're in the quote-unquote optimal range. That optimal range is usually comprised of a cross-section of people from 20 to 80 years old. Right. If you're going to be doing testosterone replacement therapy, I don't want to be in a normal range for an 80-year-old man. Right. I want to feel like I did when I was 25, when I was on top of the world and everything was great. And that's absolutely attainable. Yeah, yeah. So you don't notice any, and I don't think you are like this, but you don't notice any like being way more aggressive. I mean, I think that's part of like the stigma from back in the day is like these, these, these guys that were doing steroids were just super aggressive in the gym and just kind of douchebags. And, but that's not, that's not what we're talking about. We're just talking about, you know, bringing your testosterone back up to a healthy level where you feel your best basically. Exactly. And I'll be completely transparent. I have twice in my life done more bodybuilder esque cycles. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe not at that exact peak. Um, And while I do notice I'm slightly more aggressive, Mm -hmm. the reality of it is for me, and this is just anecdotal, is when my testosterone levels are normal or high, I feel like a superhero. I'm way more inclined to be nice to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I have certainly heard of the downside of uh, antro rage or roid rage, as they call it. You've got to understand that the people that are experiencing that Um, one are probably doing horrifically high doses for extended periods of time that no doctor in their right mind would ever prescribe. Um, and two, these hormones just accentuate your natural proclivities. If you're kind of an aggressive asshole to begin with, Mm -hmm. you're probably going to be slightly more of an aggressive asshole Mm -hmm. if you're on incredibly high doses. But once again, that's in the realm of bodybuilding. That is testosterone replacement therapy. I've never heard of somebody doing normal doses and having problems with anger or any of those types of issues. That's great. Well, I, I can tell you just as, uh, you know, noticing a few of my friends that have done it, 
um, they look really good. I mean, uh, slightly slimmed down, but what I really notice is the the sparkle in the eye and just you can tell they feel really good. They're like, God, I, I had no idea. I felt bad until now. I feel this much better, you know. And so I'm like, that's Wow, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not know the ceiling was so low. Now I know. Now I'm like, okay, now I'm. This is way better, you know. Yep. And so um, that's cool, man. Um, thank you for that. So I want to shift gears a little bit. You and I have you and I have both done a very well known training called the Landmark Forum. Yes. And uh, I've done a bunch. Did you do more than just a forum? Did you take more than just that? Big- I went yeah forum advanced. I did like four or five classes with them, so I did quite a bit. Yeah, same here. So um, and I speak highly of of Landmark and what I learned from it. And even though it's considered controversial, people still like, oh, that's the that's the place that doesn't stop calling you, or my friend, <laughs> my friend got really weird, or whatever, whatever they say about it. But I just thought you and I we could have just a, a short conversation around what you got out of it. Uh, did you have a good or bad experience? What did you learn about it? And, and what kind of tools maybe do you still use? Okay. Well, I'd like to take uh, just a little bit of a step back and say that, you know, um, I, at some point in my life, really determined that things weren't going exactly as I kind of hoped they were mm-hmm. going to go. Um, and I had a lot of friends, you know, hey, you should try psychotherapy. You should try, you know, whatever modality it might be. And I tried everything because I was open to change. Mm-hmm. And it was only, you know, three or four years ago, I did the program with Landmark. Uh, it came suggested by a friend. And I was like, sure, let's try this. You put your butt in the seat for 72 hours. There has been nothing in 10 years that has made as much difference mm-hmm. as three days with those people. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds almost like mystical and weird and religious. Uh, it's for everybody. It's, mm-hmm. I can't speak highly enough about the program. Um, you know, I will, I'm happy to speak. There are some, some negatives, but I would say if you're interested in improving your life, I don't think there is a cheaper or more time effective method of dramatically changing your quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. I I would echo that. I mean, I still use the tools I learned there to this day. There's, there's a lot of people that I'm related to and that I'm friends with that don't really know that I went through that, or maybe they heard once that I did. I don't talk about it that much. Um, but man, oh man, do I recommend it? And I I've used it a ton. One of the things as you know, I facilitate men's groups. I have never in all my years of attending webinars, seminars, uh, large group trainings, I have never seen a more skilled person at the front of the room (laughs) than the landmark forum leader. I mean, I sat there through three days and went, you have got to be kidding me. This guy's not taking a break. Like, it's just him. There is no other person doing, you know, there's people that help with the room, but in terms of the microphone and the sharing and the facilitation of the people that come up with their upsets and their issues, there's just the one person. It's shocking. Yeah. It was shocking to me. I'm like, you've got to be, who is this person? Where did they learn this training? Right. I they mean, come so, across as very superhero esque. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, we had, we had one, uh, not to give anything away. You and I talked about this, that, you know, the, the way that the forum goes is they'll talk for a little while and then they'll say, what are you hearing for yourself? Who would like to share? And inevitably, you know, of the 200 people, there'll be, you know, 25 hands that go up and the forum leader will start calling on people one by one and they come up to the microphone and sometimes they're sharing a breakthrough. Sometimes they're sharing an upset that they can't seem to see through Yep. and, and they proceed to work with that person. And in almost every forum, there's somebody that 
had some horrific thing happen, whether it was in war or, you know, sexually abused. And we, we had a woman that was in our, in our forum who had been um, sexually abused by an uncle. And, um, you know, when she got up and said what she was, what her thing was, you know, I went, there's no way he's going to be able to work with this, with that kind of skill. He did exactly the same with her in like literally 15, 20 minutes. She was crying tears of relief from not being stuck in a story that, you know, she was damaged goods that nobody would ever love her because of what had happened. I mean, she had this big, long story. And that's, I think, one of the great things about Landmark. It really gets you to see kind of the data of what happened in your life. And then all of the story that gets made up and gets, all the stuff you put around it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's maybe their most valuable distinction is we make up a lot of stuff that happens to us. Yep. Um, things happen and then we build up a big story and we push the two together and say, that's what happened. We forget that, you know, this thing happened and then everything else that has all this emotion and suffering is a story that I just kind of made up and then believed as the truth. Yep. Right. So I had I had basically the a very similar experience, mm-hmm. and you know this this woman goes up and tells her story, and there's not a dry eye in the room, mm-hmm. and then the instructor starts into you know working with her through their their method. Uh, I was one first taken aback by the things he was saying, and then was almost moved to the point that I wanted to go and rip this guy's head off for you know yeah. you know ruining this poor woman, and like you said, within 15 minutes you see her put this baggage down and it was, I couldn't believe it if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes. I know. But to top it off, you know, I ran into her for months afterwards at classes and literally she set that baggage down yeah. that moment. Her entire mannerism the next day, later that day was completely different. And every time I ran into her from there, you know, when I initially met her, her eyes were on her feet. She was quiet. She didn't really speak much. Yeah. She was full of life. She wanted to talk. She was excited. She didn't have any baggage or drama. It was, and it stuck with her instantly. Yeah. Uh, they, they've got something dialed in. They do. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's highly uh, encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I wish, you know, and I have some friends I would love for them to do it, you know, yep. and, and they just, they don't, they had a bad experience. Maybe, you know, they, they think, oh, it's a cult. I think one of the, one of the unfortunate things or maybe maybe the shadow with landmark is that you know if you have a breakthrough like we're talking about then to do the next course you know they really say well you know if if you're inspired here here's make a list of your friends and your family to call and have them do it that's part of their business model and it's unfortunate that they don't call it just you know this is part of what we do for sales i think they they they're so good with language that sometimes i think it bites them on the butt the way that they do their enrollment conversations with people that haven't done it yet. You know what and I'm saying? I will say if there was anything I struggled with the most, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I just flat told the instructor at one point, I'm like, I'm not calling my friends and I'm not giving you my phone numbers. If I believe in this, yeah. I will share it. And I'll tell you what, here I am. I'm sharing it. I believe Yeah. I still struggle with, I just, I don't give out my, my friend's phone numbers. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think, I think there's a boundary there that is, you know, not everybody is going to be as skillful at you as saying, here's my boundary. I think it's easy there in the euphoria of breakthroughs, which is so yeah. common in that building that, you know, it's easy to say yes to, you know, will you call all these people? And you're like, sure, why not? I believe in this. I think this is fantastic, but you can overstep. You can start stepping on people's toes. And I think that's what's happened a lot. And that's why some of the people that we know maybe have a bad taste about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
So. I will say uh, I definitely I agree with the assessments that you may find online that saying they're a little bit culty. With that said, I 100% would go back and do it again. You yep. know the the two or three percent I didn't like or rubbed me the wrong way. Yep. The other 97% was so incredibly powerful and transformative that yeah. I just it's worth it. Cut yeah, and dry. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So one thing I want to ask you: you and I are similar in many ways. We're both we're both kind of we're both emotional men that wear our hearts on our sleeve. I think we both have been kind of players when we were younger, you know, trying to get laid, party a lot, real fun guys to hang out with and throw back, you know, some booze, howl at the moon. This has all been part of what we've, we've, uh, has been part of our identity or kind of how we are. I've been proud of the fact that people like to have a good time with me, but I'm also recognized throughout the process. Jesus, I'm, you know, I'm an addict. I'm, I'm, I have compulsive addictive behaviors and that can go across the board. That could be, that was cigarettes back in the day. That could be booze. That could be porn or sex. Um, you, you name it, I can get massively attached and start to be driving my life with my shadow. And I, and I guess I just wanted to ask you as somebody who's maybe cut from the same cloth or would you say you are cut from the same cloth is how do you sort of, as you age, how do you put that into that part of yourself? How do you put it into its proper place? So it's not running the show. What do you like? What do you, how do you make friends with that part of yourself? I guess is what I'm trying to ask you. And that was, uh, I didn't even realize it. That was a very interesting crossroads that I think, you know, honestly working with you really helped me and, you know, landmark and a bunch of other things really helped me to to get through because when you look back as a, a 20 or a 30 year old man, you know, having a little bit of money in your pocket, being a fun guy to get along with and the party guy, it was a very useful tool. It was enjoyable. It got you laid. Yeah. You were popular. Like everything was great. Mm-hmm. The only problem was at that time, you didn't have the maturity to realize there's a cost to all of this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're screwing up your health. Maybe you're hurting other human beings and not realizing it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of, you know, if you're doing that kind of stuff, if you're being that player guy, you know what you're probably doing a lot of as well? Lying. Mm. Um, and it's not until later in life that you start to realize that's your baggage. You're creating your own baggage and you're carrying it around. And usually by the time you realize you've got that baggage, it's so heavy and you're so yeah. deep in that rabbit hole. It's really hard. It's really hard. You have to make a serious concerted effort to, to dig dig your way out. Well, and we, we talk about it in the men's group. They talk about it in Landmark too, how important integrity is. Oh, key. Yeah. And I just, in, in, when we're doing the men's stuff, it's like, you know, I, if somebody makes a stretch in the warrior round and says, I'm going to do this, if they don't do it, you, you don't, it, there's not a shaming process. It's really about, you know, what kind of man do you want to be? Because you build power in your word every time you lie a little bit, whether it's to your wife or to your son or daughter or to, you know, a yourself. to yourself, <laughs> your word loses power over time to the point where you can't really create what you're after because you don't even believe your own word. Right. Yeah. And that, that becomes the issue for, for that I see for men is like, you know, cause I know, you know, I come from that kind of background, an athletics player, you know, you, you had to fudge a little bit to get all the things you wanted, exactly. but, but, and when you're young, I don't think you really are present to the cost until you start maybe doing trainings and start realizing, you know what, you know, Chris is saying integrity, you know, landmark saying integrity, 
how is my integrity right now? Am I, am I 100% or am I more like 40%? Where am I at on the scale? And is this good enough? Because if you don't have your integrity in place, you're, you're, you're sapping power out of your life. You know, it just doesn't. It's so amazing. And I had no idea. And it was funny. After the landmark work, I actually um, had a, a come to Jesus moment, if you will, of where I felt like uh, I needed to sit down with my wife and bear my soul about all of my wrongdoings and mm-hmm. all of my past. It was an incredibly painful, yeah. ugly process. But I will tell you, the second it was done, the feeling of relief was amazing. Mm-hmm. And things just started happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, things with my work and business suddenly just things just started falling in my lap. Yeah. Um, I, it really kind of, uh, and I apologize again for the terminology, but I was just tripping on my dick a lot and I didn't know why. Right. And as right. soon as I got that integrity piece cleaned up, everything just started to fall into place. It's beautiful. That's great. That's great. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you've been on the edge of like health, um, not just with the testosterone stuff. You're, you're somebody that's uh, explored lots of stuff. You're really, you take your health really seriously. Um, you work out, you know, regularly and you're constantly looking, um, for kind of what's next. And I wanted to ask you besides, uh, besides TRT, what might be, uh, you know, two or three things that, that you would recommend for men to improve their health and vitality? Cause not every man is going to go and do testosterone. Some are going to yeah. have their prostate's not going to, those are going to be elevated levels or they're just going to be like, no, I don't want to do that. Or I talked to my doctor, he says no or whatever. Yep. Um, but they still, every man I know is interested in optimal health and vitality. So what would be some other things that you might recommend to men uh, in that front? So um, as cliche as they are, some of the basics, you know, uh, like you said, I've, I've tried and self-experimented with just about every modality I can get my hands on. I'm kind of a self, self-prescribed uh, biohacker, if you will. Mm-hmm the three or four big core tenants, uh, diet, sleep, water, um, and working out when done consistently, Mm -hmm. you have no idea, especially sleep. It's just tremendous. Um, and I understand, you know, I've, I've gone through phases in my life where I was blatantly obese because like we've said, I like to drink a lot Mm -hmm. and I worked out a lot to try to counteract that at times in my life. Um, what has always pulled me back and allowed me to be successful is goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't care how harebrained they are or at what part of your life they're at. Maybe you need to be better in business with your consistency. Maybe you need to clean up your diet. But actually sitting down and writing a goal and a timeline, mm-hmm. it's such a powerful tool. You know, um, As an example, as a young man, when I was watching bodybuilders, I had this weird number in my head. I want to be 225 pounds and I want to be 6% body fat. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward 21 years, I have never hit that goal. Um, I'm getting closer and closer. But every time I find myself coming back to working out and being serious about things, that kicks right back in immediately. Hmm. Okay, I want to drive at that. You know, I've got friends that are like, I signed up for a marathon. And these are people, you know, that haven't run, they're overweight, they're in no shape. But now, six months out, they know they've got a deadline. Yeah. <clears throat> so they're motivated to do these things. Um, and it's, it's amazing to watch the transformation of the people who have made themselves accountable back to that integrity thing. You know, they've, they've made their word mean something. Right. Um, it really brings them to it. And last but not least, kind of a new one to me that uh, I think you probably had some, some level of getting me into meditation. 
I've always been pretty analytical and scientific and a little old school in respect. I don't, I don't like new age woo woo bullshit. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm starting to explore a lot more of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Meditation is huge. Um, being able to calm your nervous system, tune out from your mind and just be. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a practice. It's something that you have to do consistently. And there's so many great, you know, phone apps, um, yeah. and these types of things that help you with that these days that will, that will teach you how to do it. Um, I would encourage everybody, you know, sign yourself up for a month, try it consistently for a month. Um, you know, I, I think 99% of people are going to come back and say, that was a noticeable change in my life and the quality. Do you, do you like like Headspace? Is that the one you like, or is there... I've been using uh, Headspace now for about two years, and I use yeah. it uh, both for sleep stuff and then just for you know pick a subject on meditation. I want to be happier. I want to be more successful. Nice guided meditations. They just teach you as you go. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. That's great. Well, and and right now it's a perfect time since we're all kind of in retreat and at home, and some yeah. of us aren't working. It's a perfect time to yeah. take better care of yourself. I'm getting ready to do a five day. Uh, juice fast coming up that I'm really excited about. Excellent. My, my wife's got all this superfood to juice. And so I'm, I'm going to be doing that. That's going to make me feel really good. And then yes. yeah, the, med the meditation is so key. And, and what, one thing you said, the sleep thing, I think, you know, for men, it's kind of, there's, I remember my, my father-in-law uh, and some of his buddies, you know, it was almost like I only slept four hours last night. It was like a badge of courage. And I'm an absolute bitch when I sleep four hours. I act like a big baby. I'm not optimal. I can't, I got to have like seven or eight hours or I just don't, I'm not at my best. I'm not calm. I'm just kind of ragged. I don't look as good when I only sleep, you know, five or six hours. I just kind of look, I look underrested. It is not a good look for me. So uh, I, on all the research I've done and it's been fairly extensive, mm -hmm. uh, I hate to say it, I would call it a badge of stupidity. It's just, yeah. uh, you talk to any sleep doctor, you talk to any, any endocrinologist about your hormones, every one of them, they're like, I don't care if your diet's perfect, you're working out constantly, everything like none of it matters period, if you're not getting good sleep. Yeah. And, you know, you hear about these people, I only need five hours, I only need six hours of sleep. Um, when you talk to sleep specialists about that, they're like, yeah, like 1% of people are actually in that case. Yeah. So if you think that, you're probably not that person. Your life would probably actually improve dramatically if you were to make a point of sleeping more. That's funny. Badge of stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I have strong opinions. That's good. <laughs> we talked about this in the in the men's. Uh, we were doing in an online men's group. I'm doing a couple of them right now. But we were talking about how right now it feels like the narrative's a little bit up for grabs. Like uh, you know, it's a lot of fear being sent out in the media. So you you know, uh, nobody quite knows what the new normal is right now. It feels yeah. like it's it feels like it could be created right now in a different way. Um, there's a lot of people working from home. Is that become a little bit more of the new normal? Um, and then in the spiritual community, there's a lot of talk about, uh, cultivating, uh, higher states right now and creating the world with that, which is new agey, but also legitimate right now, because we're, it seems like we're at a crossroads. And I guess I wanted to ask you, you know, I've done a bunch of reading on futurists and all this stuff. And, um, where are a couple things that you'd like to see, uh, in the future that maybe uh, weren't part of the old normal? In other words, kind of where do you want to see us go with some of this stuff? Um, if you could wave your magic wand and create something that's going to be part of the new normal, what might that be? You know, I would, as, as silly uh, and uh, new age as it sounds and simple, 
just be nice to people, especially yeah. in times of uncertainty. Think about if you've ever been in a car accident or something and you're dealing with a first responder. Mm-hmm. What is it that's always consistent about those people? They're positive. They're upbeat. That's infectious, especially when things are weird like right now. Yeah. People the benefit of the doubt. You know, whether you believe in Corona or you don't, whether you love Trump or whether you don't, mm-hmm. it's, you know, if you're left or right, they're both parts of the same bird. Exactly. You know, we're all so much more similar than we pay credit to. Mm-hmm. It's amazing to see the differences, you know, when I come into work and I'm growly and in a bad mood, you know, it changes the feel of the room for everybody. Mm-hmm. When I come in and I'm upbeat and I'm positive and I put on a smile, everybody's happier. Everybody's better. You know, everything improves. That's just, that's really what I'd love to see is, you know, what's all the fighting about? Why are people so invested in having to be right? I just want, you know, be healthy and be happy. That's, that's, that's it. That's great. I mean, and I think you're touching on, uh, you know, this is a time when it's, it's, we could actually see all of the similarities that we share, what we, you and I have been talking about. Instead of focusing on the 3% philosophical differences that yeah. we have, it's like all of the things that we share as a human tribe together, that we really are all in this together. I would love to see that this carry over and be part of the, the future narrative so that we start to see it more that way and, and less triggered on the differences, uh, especially yes. po- political differences, which are, are not that big of a deal in the, in the large scheme of things. It's more, you know, just infighting for these little turf wars that, that certain politicians have. And, um, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I, you know what, one thing I'd like to see too, I'd like to see, I don't know how this gets created, but I'd like to see where work, there's more people that are able to do work that's really important to them and they get paid for it. I I don't know what that looks like. There's too many men right now. There's too many people, but since I do men's work, I'll say men. There's (laughs) there's too many men that really don't, they're not inspired by what they're doing and they feel really stuck because that's what pays the bills. I would love to see more where people have time to explore maybe what they want to offer the world and have that be part of the new economy. And that, you know, that might be 10, 20, 50 years off, but I would sure love to see more people uh, figuring out what they really want to do rather than, well, you know, I I do this and I'm at the post office and fuck, I, I, you know, I don't know what else to do, you know, less than that. Golden handcuffs. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to see the golden handcuffs get dissolved a little bit and people be able to spread their wings out a little more. That would, that would be something I would wish for. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Chris, thanks for coming on Basecamp for Men. It was awesome to talk to you. I'm definitely going to have you back. We'll, we'll, we'll go over some other stuff next time. Um, get through it. It's been just a pleasure to talk to you and I'm so glad we're friends and we're in the same tribe. So thanks, man. Much appreciated. Love y'all. I hope you enjoyed my talk with Chris. To me, he exemplifies men's work as a man who's authentic and not afraid to express what's often hidden underneath the veneer. I know I can talk to him about anything, and he will listen and add a wise and relevant viewpoint. So thank you, Chris. If the topic of testosterone replacement therapy is one you're interested in, go to Google. It's all over the place there. You'll find lots of information. And for information on the Landmark Forum, the training that Chris and I both did, go to www.landmarkworldwide.com and find a forum near you. I promise you, your toolbox will get bigger and better by doing this training. And it also looks like they have an online introduction, which would be a really easy way to see if it's for you. That's our show for today. Thank you for listening. Men, good luck in all your endeavors and good luck on your hero's journey. 
This is Tony Rezac, and you're listening to Basecamp for Men.